You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. I don't know anything else. Uh, I think that'll work. What do you think, uh, Colton? Is that okay? That was beautiful. It really It'll be was. the perfect intro. <laughs> Man, we should have recorded Do not use that at all. <laughs> well, no, Brian's, Brian's decided we're doing no more edits ever. So everything yeah. we're saying, it's, it's out there live. This is the Joe Rogan cut. I mean, we are the Joe Rogan of distilling, so obviously. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, no, we're going to sell a lot of supplements, and uh, we're definitely going to have some questionable takes on a lot of things, but it's going to be really good-natured, and we'll never, ever do any cuts. Be, be the Rachel Meadow. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, Donald yeah, no gets it. Wait, Speaking no, of that. What, what kind of supplements <laughs> would we sell, though? Like, oh, God, I, think, I mean. I think increasing growth in your kneecaps would be our sort of style. I want to fucking bulk up my kneecaps. That's a great yeah. idea. That is that. I think every distiller in the world would. <laughs> I mean, if you tell you're telling me that years and years of bending down on hard concrete surfaces is going to go away, could all be fixed with one pill. Yeah, it could all be. Not <laughs> <laughs> verified Jesus. by the FDA. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, speaking of that, this is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and me, Brian. Uh, Zeno is still out on hiatus, and we blame it on his dumb, new, beautiful baby daughter. What an asshole. Uh, let's see. But we got Reed. Say hi, Reed. Hi. Reed is a wildly knowledgeable distiller. He's an academic author and corporate sellout, uh, <laughs> which basically just means we're super jealous of you and your steady income. So fuck you for having health insurance, Reed. I mean, that's it's kind of awesome. <laughs> we know, dude. Don't rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thank you for joining us, Reed. We uh, we're gonna we're off hiatus, which we were on hiatus and then off hiatus, and we'll probably be on hiatus after this. I think, listener, you just have to accept that between every episode is a hiatus. So that is the new normal. Love it, appreciate it. Um, but we've got a few things to talk about. Specifically, uh, the industry is burning as a whole. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Golden, how about you? I'm choosing to go the Donald silent route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. That, that's a little bit doom and gloom. Um, uh, I do get the sense these this last year or so, I'm talking to a lot of, especially smaller producers that are having a hard time in the distilling industry. Like, it is tough as shit right now. Um, Reed and I were talking about this off air, but it's kind of that death of a thousand cuts situation where costs of goods are up. It's harder to get you know, supplies, it's harder to get ingredients. It's harder to ship. You're harder to deal with some of the distributors. Um, Sales seem good in some areas, but a lot of places they're actually not even back at the pre COVID numbers. So it's not like the death of the industry by any means, but there's a lot of kind of mid and smaller distilleries struggling. Um, And I want to know what you guys are seeing and what kind of some of those stories look like. Are tasting rooms not back in full swing from pre COVID? Reed, do you want to talk a little about what you've seen? I've got some I mean, anecdotes on I'm that. a corporate, and like we said, I'm a corporate sellout. I, I don't really have a good valuation or good uh, metric on tasting rooms specifically. But I do know that uh, as much as people say, like, everything's back, restaurants are struggling, mo- uh, lots of in-person things are 
having a hard time. And yeah, they might be back at the numbers, but the revenue because of the cost of goods change, the actual, the growth hasn't been what it was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also seeing, um, talking to a lot of people, their tasting rooms are open and access is there, but in some cases they can't get the staffing to cover all the hours that they want to you know, provide. Uh, costs have gone up on everything from wages to, um, you know, to insurance, to, uh, you know, just getting basic supplies into your, your bar and your tasting room. Like a lot of the costs have gone up. In addition, I'm talking to a few people that say actually their sales numbers aren't actually back up to pre-COVID numbers because now that everything is open, there's more competition too. So there's a lot of places people are going during pandemic, you know, if you could just go to a distillery and buy, take, you know, uh, cocktails ready to go, or, you know, there was kind of that community aspect where everyone was coming together. That was great. But I feel like some of that's kind of disappeared. So it, it does feel like even though the, the tasting rooms are staying steady, they're still not growing like they were. Do we know if, um, like I remember when the, you know, maybe mid pandemic or something and some stats finally came out. Like, well, the drinking consumption is about the same, if not increase a little bit more. And all of that's just gone to off-premise. Now that we're back, is it the same volume of drinking and it's moving more towards on-premise at bars and restaurants versus tasting rooms? Or is it still just, are people drinking less all of a sudden now they can go out and do more stuff? I haven't seen any numbers to say people are drinking less. I've seen a lot of cultural shifts that highlight that younger generations may not be as interested in drinking. Um, you know, the next group of 21s and the current, you know, 21 to 25 demographic, there's a lot more press about them being um, non-alcoholic uh, drinkers. They like the non-alcoholic cocktails and some of the non-alcoholic RTDs and things like that. So I'm seeing some buzz about that, but I haven't seen that actually shown in the numbers. I don't think we'll know probably till another couple quarters from now um, because like discus and a lot of the places that um, Nielsen and some of those places that do the numbers from last year, they're still showing an increase. The number has gone up and actually oddly enough for spirits, the sales numbers have gone up. Whereas beer read, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think beer flatlined and even fell a little bit. Is that right? Uh, beer has been struggling for a while. Uh, <clears throat> there has been some encouraging growth on certain aspects, but as on the total and on the whole beer is basically flat. Uh, interestingly enough, my silent assistant just showed me some cool numbers. Um, but like RTDs, uh, spirit-based RTDs are driving a lot of growth at 18%. But what cra- how many craft producers are really in that segment at the moment? And really making it at a good margin too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do know, again, these are many anecdotes, many stories. So take this for a grain of salt listener. But like, here where I'm at, Spokane, Washington, Dry Fly, they've been doing really well. But I think the last number I heard was something like 50% of their sales are their RTD numbers now, which that's pretty wild for a company that's been around and producing and barreling product for you know over a decade. I mean, that's pretty old for especially a craft producer. So RTDs, I think you're right. RTDs are definitely driving a lot of those sales numbers. But anyone who hasn't maybe adapted to that, I think... I think there's a lot of distilleries in that five to 10 year range now that may be oversized a little bit or maybe undersized too. And they haven't been able to get 
RTDs online and some of their products aren't selling as well as they'd hoped. And again, I'm not saying it's the end of the industry by any means, but I think it's it's a lot harder on people than some of the industries really talked about. At least that's what I'm starting to hear. Uh, I'm getting more of that than I did even two years ago, even during the, the heart of the pandemic. I mean, pivoting to RTDs is such different equipment that I'm not surprised a lot of them can't. It's not just different equipment. It, it's different processes, yeah. Processes, know-how, things to be concerned. I mean, what what distiller do you know that talks about DO? Every brewer, every person that I know that puts things into cans knows what DO is, but most distillers don't worry about something called dissolved oxygen, DO. And it is it plays a big part of just can integrity. Now, uh, distillery I know came out with um, what we will call RTDs. They're little cans that are just straight whiskey or gin or you know, whatever their spirits are. Do they need to have DO meters in there? I mean... I wouldn't think so, but now that you say it's a can degradation problem, that makes uh, me reconsider it. Yeah, you that's need interesting. To, you need to be talking with your can supplier about what the capabilities of the seams are on your cans, what uh, what the capabilities of, of the glue is that holds that when you do that little seaming. You need to be talking about what the liner is and how those, uh, how everything can work together to, to mess with it. How are those like, in terms of like TTB uh, bottle limitations and stuff? Are those basically minis? Like, what are those size wise? The uh, ones, this, the one this the this ones that are pur- pure booze. Yeah, uh, they're hundred milliliter. Interesting. And are those tins? Are those tin cans? Colton, do you know? Sorry, guys. I'm fixing my microphone. <laughs> no, uh, that's okay. This is the quality that you come here for. Joe Rogan, we're fucking coming for you. <laughs> uh, I believe they're Merck, actually. No, just pure Merck. <laughs> <laughs> so they're melting. They're melting. We, serve, we, we send them to you at negative 600 degrees, and then they melt very quickly. Mercury-based leather lining. <laughs> I love it. Planned obsolescence. That's where the money's at, people. Yeah. Oh shit. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, I think we're gonna have to look more into that. I, the RTD thing. Uh, you, your silent uh, partner there is absolutely correct. That seems to be driving a lot of the market force right now. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm hoping this is just kind of a hiccup for the industry and people stabilize. But and a lot of it's too just the unpredictability of the industry, or not just the industry, but the economy. You know, it's harder to get money. It's harder to borrow money. It's harder for investments. So there's a lot of little things. But we'll kind of go through there. I mean, speaking to that and some of the uncertainties, uh, Reed, one of the reasons we wanted you here to, as well was to talk about you have kind of a new platform. And this is a completely disingenuous interview because uh, you're also built this new platform of distillers with me and a bunch of other people. <laughs> so I'm interviewing you even though I know all the fucking answers. Um, again, that's the integrity we have. Yeah, but, but let's, pretend about- like, let's pretend like Brian told me all about this and I listened to none of it. And no, <laughs> Which this is actually valuable because Colton <laughs> doesn't know much about it. So Colton can actually ask some questions and it's, it'll be great. But Reed, tell us a little about the Society of Spirit and what the fuck is that? Yeah, so the whole goal here with the Society of Spirit is we just wanted a place for individuals and producers to be able to talk, share, and kind of get away from uh, have have their own place, kind of get away from the politics of it all. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think ACSA, Discus, um, ADI, all of these are great organizations and they have their spot, but 
they're big organizations, they're political action organizations. They are not a place to really talk about, hey, I need to get this ho or I need to get this liquid to from this tank to this tank. What's the best SOP for that? They're not places to validate education for um, people entering the spirit world or entering actual production. They're not places to look up SOPs and the, you know, the brewers have this, the accountants have this, um, hell, even funeral directors have this. So why don't distillers have this? And that was our, that's our goal with the society of spirit is to build just a place, uh, for genuine individual connection and focus on an individual level at the, uh, in spirits, regardless of the size of facility you're at, what you're doing, who you're working for. So you've just and sharing caught, cat memes. You've just copied ADI forums, is what you're saying. I assume it's the same layout, color scheme, everything. It's exactly. we just copy and pasted the code. Yeah. It really wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so we're slowly copying over all their posts as well. That's taking a little longer because you know we've got to censor a lot of it. But no, besides that, it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the goal is to be a slightly better moderated version of that. Cause like the ADI forums are awesome. They've been around for a long time. And like, if you go there, there's still some great old posts on there. Um, but we wanted something that was a little more kind of living and active and we're using a discord server. And the goal of it too, is to like Reed talked about kind of evolve into a place where we can have a community that can kind of validate and check on the qualities and credentials of some of the education out there. And we think that's something that's going to be really valuable for continuing education. So that's kind of a goal. So, and it's, so again, how it's does, just, how does a new, as a new distiller find it as it just Googling you, you send you send Reed uh, a money order. Yeah. Uh, to one Bitcoin, a, please. <laughs> one Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, he only takes Dogecoin. I'm sorry, it's <laughs> it's a little fancier than that. Uh, no, basically you can. I mean, honestly, you could just email Reed or I, or you can go to. Um, uh, Artisan Spirit Magazine, the last two months we've done our newsletter, we've actually put a Discord link and it's basically a link that takes you to a Discord server and it basically lets you join. That's that's it. Um, we can send out invites, but for now, the easiest thing is just send us a message. Besides that, uh, Reed and I, and then one of the other kind of initial founders of this is uh, Johnny Jeffrey. Uh, we've written an article that will go in the next issue, the summer issue of Artisan Spirit, and the link will be there and living on the Artisan Spirit website as well. So, And also, um, a lot of people have heard about it, but there's kind of a Facebook group called the Good Guy Distillers. In some ways, this is an offshoot of that. So a lot of those people are involved. Um, we have kind of an initial board as well but that's that's kind of all this is it's just another communal place that distillers can talk and get the quality education they do from things like still talking <laughs> i said that fucking straight face you should be so proud of me <laughs> so how do you encourage new users to ask dumb questions uh, like questions they may feel are dumb but they really need to ask uh, I don't need to encourage them. All they have to do is look at the conversations and know how dumb everyone is. <laughs> Basically, because we're we're leading by example by asking really stupid things. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. the, the simple answer is you're not going to get better ever unless you ask the questions. And if you don't feel comfortable asking the questions, just message me, message Brian. We'll, uh, we'll ask the question. I'm happy to be the dumbest person in the room. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's been one of the longer term problems ACSA ran into is one felt like it was 
too smart for their own good and then nobody asked questions. So nobody went into those forums. Yeah. Well, and I, I honestly, it kind of makes sense because those places are fantastic for what they do, but they're also representing a business, right? So the goal of this is to be more individual based. So you can ask a dumb question as an individual, sometimes easier than as a representative of a, and yeah. that makes sense. We get that. Well, it, but and- how do you make money? <laughs> Uh, well, I sold my kidney a while ago, and so we've kind of been working off of that. Yeah. And I figured that'll last us at least a couple months. And then, like any good business, we just aren't thinking past that. Yeah, well, I, I thought you were saying you were growing more kidneys. So I actually, <laughs> maybe I'll uh, get my, maybe I'll get a kidney taken out too. <laughs> uh, to keep the forums running. Exactly. That's right. The the honest answer on is is actually there's no money right now. Like we we are not asking for memberships right now. Eventually we do want to we'll probably have some sort of nominal membership fee um because we are kind of basing this off to uh, a similar brewing organization. Read remind me is it the MBAA? Yeah, the MBAA, Master Brewers Association of America is really for me it's where I took my um inspiration for this because I I am a member of the NBA. I've been a member of the NBA for years and I've always found it just incredibly useful because it's it's everyone, it's very individual based and you know you can go on and find you can go onto the NBA website if you're a member and find a, a suggested SOP for cleaning a tank. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are and it's you know it's not one size fits all but it's an honest true it's an honest conversation. Yep. So, so right now this is purely members, uh, members and in, uh, volunteer run. So there's no money. So we're not asking for memberships now. There, there is no money changing hands. This is not something where we ever want to do a trade show. There's never going to be a convention. We'll probably do regional meetups because those will be fun. My vision has always been to do something like the entry fee is a bottle you bring of something you've made or something you want to share. And again, it's just another place to communicate. No, like that's as big as the vision is. We really, again, there's no need to step on ACSA, ADI, Discus. They're doing amazing work. They do. We don't need to carve into that at all. We are just a supplemental group that really wants to help with the education side, communication side, until we can solve more kidneys, then then the sky's the limit. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the elevator pitch of everything we're working on. Uh, any other questions for us, Colton, or what anything is else you link? want to bring up? Reed? Please read it to me in excruciating detail. Oh my God, I actually could <laughs> find it. I, I don't think I'm going to read it to you. slash forward slash colon and www dot go fuck yourself. Uh, you know what we'll do when we actually post this on the Still Talking Podcast website, because we're also going to share it on the Discord servers here for SOS. That's the Society of Spirit. Uh, we will actually put the link in the show notes. That's how fucking professional we are. I'll just make it the picture. <laughs> that's awesome. Just, <laughs> that's so beautiful. All right. That's all I got. That is that's like 20 minutes. That's a pretty solid episode, guys. That's very solid. It's a great commute to work. My commute to work is actually 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh. I love it. That's fantastic. We could just banter for another couple minutes. Just talk about how much we miss Zeno and his gravelly, beautiful voice. Well, he had a root canal today, so who knows what it sounds like. He might sound like uh, Peaches from Super Mario Brothers. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed we couldn't get him on right after a root canal. That would have been really quality content. <laughs> yeah. uh. That's okay. We love you, Colton. We love you, Zeno. We love you, Reed. We love you, listener. Uh, you are all delightful. Get get well soon, Zeno, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you, dummies. Bye.